Just recording it. Fucking recording it! That's the thing. Yeah. All right. What's up to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You're listening to Spoiler Alert. We're back, baby. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo. With me this week is Mark underscore L underscore Miller. Namaste. (laughs) Fuck. And Rob Patey. Napalm. What? Because he said namaste, so you said napalm. I was picking an N word that's not offensive. Uh, <laughs> that's not offensive. You said N word. <laughs> that's not not offensive. You can't you can't just say N word, Rob. Yeah. Oh my God, we're off to a shitty what start. What if I'm playing? Grabble, and I want help with an N word. You're not allowed to say it. Oh, oh stop on, it! Man. God damn it, Rob. All right, I'm sorry. All right, Already. we're back. Already. I'm so Sparking I'm so sorry, listeners, but we have returned. Uh, we're yeah. Yep. This is spoiler. It's a weekly, mostly weekly, comic book <laughs> conversation show where we talk about this week's comic books, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. But first, let us. Have some correspondence from, from the, the web. Shout out, The home dad abroad wrote specific. I guess he's he just wrote to Optimus. He just literally addressed mm-hmm. it to Optimus. It says douche, peri- uh, comma. Mm-hmm. That's twice now. Two what different episodes on which you declared your love. For Legion 91 and Legion 92. What's the matter? Did you get a late start? Were you blackballed from your local comic shop? The Legion book started with Legion 89, fresh off the pages of Invasion, and stumbled about until Legion 94 ditched for Rebels 94. At least you nailed Viral Dox's characterization as a douche. But speaking of Viral, JD seems to be leaking comic knowledge all across his store's floor because he's conflating Viral Docs, Brainiac 2, Jerk of the Contemporary DCU with Curl Docs, Quirl Docs, Brainiac 5, the many generationally less douchey member of the 30th century's Legion of Superheroes, which, you know what? Even I don't give a shit. Hey, fellas, how's tricks? Hey, bug. How about that Bailey Quarters? She was way hotter than flappy-lipped Cupid doll-headed Lonnie Anderson's Jennifer. Sure, she represented the hippie, disco, thin, flat, tomboy, anti-ideal of the 70s in opposition to the returning classic of the hourglass, stacked, 
blonde of yesteryear whose relevance would quickly relevance would quickly fade with a new 80s interest in muscle tone that made the hope of an on-screen female action hero as a masturbatory reality albeit a three or four decade delayed reality for pre-internet geeks across the land is any of this worth an email no probably not but tough shit i sent it in and you were desperate enough for praise to read it you guys are great see praise the home data bro i honestly i honestly 100 percent do not understand that second paragraph Bailey, no, Bailey was like the anti Lonnie Anderson because oh. she was. She was a. She was all tight. Her hair was back into like a little hair fun thing, and then she uh, wore glasses, and she was all like kind of reserved and modest. And then Lonnie Anderson was all booby and blonde and out there, and I think I think Johnny Free Fever Whelan. had bigger. Johnny Fever had bigger tits than Bailey, and. <laughs> Bailey, Bailey was a direct playoff of Margot Kidder. Uh, basically, oh. the basically the wayfish coke whore that dresses like a man. Oh, I'm in. Yeah. That. Well, no, she was like the school marm. She wore like little dresses and stuff, but it was like she, she wore was like, like little the... dresses. She, she wore like corduroys and tweeds and and heavy yeah. scratchy. Yeah. She was like a yeah. You're right because she was the news reporter. She did the news with her. Okay. Herb Tarlick. Not her. No, is it her? No, I, I get it. Les Nesmond. Les Nesmond. And and in Why do I know all everyone's last name <laughs> on this show? Oh, Except from WKRP. Dan. Yes. Oh, yes. Jesus. All right. Andy. I needed a little bit of We brought oh. that up last last time around. Billy Quarters is a kid. We did. We did. I even sang part of the theme song. No, no, I remember that. I just didn't know what the fuck this mm-hmm. email was referencing. Bailey Cure no, yeah, is, is, a, is a cutie. Yeah, she was cute. Yeah, no, he's, he's in, in answer to the first part of the question, I was illiterate until my junior year of high school. <laughs> Hence why I only mentioned Legion 90 and 91. No. I forgot I that it started in 89, but yeah, that's when in, invasions, Invasion was. And that was Todd yeah. McFarlane. Early, early Todd McFarlane. Yeah. And then let's see. I think we have. Do we have another? I think we have a voicemail, y'all. Let's see. I believe it's from. Yeah, it's from Ronnie Strike. All right. All Ronnie. Hey, guys. I wanted to say thank you for letting Mr. Miller talk you guys into doing the Jabberjaw Aquaman review hell yeah i know he had to shite his uh little aquaman underoos when he saw that cover i was pretty excited i come from that time that age when you know the Hanna barbera stuff the herculoids and space ghost and and all those things man um i don't know how long you've been in chicago mark but uh uh the banana splits that was a thing that was a show. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but um, all that, man. There were like the Fantastic Four cartoon was these little segments. They'd have live action segments. But anyway, um, uh, I got a kick out of it. I Actually, it was sold out at my store, so I didn't get a chance to buy one. So thanks for the review. Uh, saw Solo. I don't know if all of you saw it or if any of you want to see it. I liked it. I'm a Star Wars fan. I've always been a Star Wars fan. I had a smile on my face through a large part of the movie. 
Uh, I didn't mind the very ending reveal because, you know, I've, I've seen some Rebels. I've seen some other stuff. And I happen to really like that character. So uh, it wasn't a shock. Well, it was a shock, but I, I dug it. Oh, that was the end of it. All right, so first of all, he did. He couldn't get the the book from <clears throat> quote unquote his comic shop because they were sold out. If only he had a subscription service with Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. Yeah, In, do you have a stack of them. He used to have a subscription, <laughs> then he fucking canceled it. Ah. To, and now he's going to some other shop, and then he leaves a voicemail telling me about it. <laughs> and lamenting how his new shop doesn't have it. Well, the voicemail was for me. Oh, shit. That's, that's, good. that's a good point. It's yeah, you were my fault. It's my fault for eavesdropping into this voicemail. Uh, he's got another one. Let's see if he breaks my heart even more. Hold on. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Hey, JD, just got done fucking your grandmother. Here we go. Um, yeah, so I saw Solo. I liked it. I had a smile on my face. I'm a Star Wars fan. I've always been a Star Wars fan. I will take me some Star Wars, however I can get it. Does that make me the problem? Am I, am I white, you know, am I to blame? Maybe. But, you know, everyone, please just get off your hate speeders and stop bitching and moaning. <laughs> and it, it's your money. It's your life. Don't. If you don't want to do it, don't. You know, I don't know why everybody feels the need to just so... Oh, I got a lot of shit going on in my life. I don't I don't have time. I barely squeaked in the time to see Solo. Um, you know, I, I'm just stunned and amazed how much time people have to spend online and, and, and just bitching and, bitch and cry and, and whine. It's amazing. What I do want to talk... I, okay, here's what I really want to talk about was uh, um, <laughs> remastered comic covers. I didn't know what they were. I didn't even know what a virgin cover was until i started looking at it and uh i have to say i don't like them they really tick me off uh if you guys know what they are i'd love to hear your thoughts on them and go you guys thanks for the show talk to you later all right awesome it it sounds like he's like either playing checkers or like playing putting legos together (laughs) I don't, you you have no room to talk, clanky mix bristlebeard. There's some type of like clicking and whirring thing going on in the background. Yeah. This is from the this is from the motherfucker that opens a bag of Doritos in the microphone. <laughs> Every time he fucking turns it on, it sounds like it is going up Aquaman's anus. Yeah. And is it is it cr- that crunchy up there? Or oh yeah, the barnacles. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. So, he's got shingles, barnacles. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I I agree with Ronnie on this one. If you don't like the fucking Star Wars, just don't spend the money on it. I don't know, but then it's, it's like they didn't, so mm-hmm. which sucks because now we don't get any more solo movies. Which uh, I'm see, I, I think we're on two. I think we're on as usual. We're on opposite ends on this one because I don't think that it really had much to do with the loud minority uh, contingent online of people who are like ah the SJWs, and I didn't like that there were women in Star Wars, so I'm let's boycott Solo, and it's like that probably had little to no bearing on it uh i think it has more to do with um marketing and the fact that even i the guy who liked the the last jedi um i was like not interested in seeing solo i I had no interest in seeing that movie i mean i'm contractually obligated by dna to go see it but through the trailers and the casting i was just like 
I don't give a fuck about this movie. And well, then I, I think, saw it and I, I was like, oh, it's good. I agree, but I was I was thinking about this the other day, and I, I'm not. Yeah, and I I think those guys like the 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 I don't know how many. It seems like there are just like these these guys that just want to sit there on on YouTube and like start up like that 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 guy that's doing the campaign to remake Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, we've raised money <laughs> to remake the movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> God damn hilarious. It. What are but anyway, you? Um, I, I I was thinking though the other day is that it, even when we first saw that trailer, none of us were really impressed with the choice for solo. No. Um, now I think he did a a good job, but, um, had they, I think it was also, I mean, I think if they would have gotten a guy that kind of looks like him and sounds and talks like him, I think it would have worked. Uh, or somebody with charisma, like a river Phoenix who is able to do like almost an impression of him, uh, like if River Phoenix did in in uh, Last Crusade. Oh, that's uh, right. I keep think I keep I, confusing that with um, Young Indiana Jones TV show, but that wasn't River Phoenix, was it? No, yeah. but but still, I think yeah. probably even in I don't remember Young Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, that was Johnny Lee Miller, right? No, was it? No, who was that? That doesn't matter. Go ahead. Anyway, well, whoever it was, I think they did a better job of choo- of choosing those guys. Um, nothing against this guy. I think he. He did a good job, but he didn't stand out as like the giant <laughs> breakout character. Do you mean the actor who played uh, legendary character Han Solo, and yet we don't know the actor's name <laughs> still? That guy? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. I think that perfectly yeah. Roald, encapsulates Roald, the issue. Yeah. Roll, 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 Doll, Emmerich, Roland, Roland, em, Roll, Rollo. <laughs> Rob's yeah, having guy. a stroke. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's the, I mean, it just didn't, I, I, I think that was the, the start of it all. Yeah. Just like we saw that guy and we're like, he doesn't even look like Han Solo. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and then he shows like maybe a little bit in the voiceover, but still it, it just never, um, it never got better from there, from the previews, I yeah. don't think, um, unfortunately, well, but I like, they, the they, they, I like, they, I like they, the movie. They, and they waited so in financial success, whatever you can debate what is success, what isn't success by their standards, not really success. Again, that's because they, they are cannibalizing their own market. And I say the same thing about the comic books. My yeah. give a fucks about the comic books have just waned exponentially the more they've spun out and the more they've clustered them on top of each other. There's a saturation yeah. point. Yeah. And I think they've hit it. Well, I mean, I don't see people have made that and I understand where they're coming from. People making that specific argument. But when you compare it to the MCU, right, the Marvel movies, there's like three of those goddamn movies a year and there's only one Star Wars movie a year. So but also for some reason, the Marvel Marvel, universe, I'm sorry, except this year. I think Marvel is always the exception of the rule, I think. Uh I I just don't know why, but they are able to do that. They're able to oversaturate the market and still be, like, the number one publisher out there. Uh Um, It's it's weird, but it's true. I don't know. Maybe it's the Marvel zombie kind of... My theory is that even though the Star Wars universe is playing with a literal gigantic space universe... Uh, the Marvel Universe feels bigger in scope than yeah. the Star Wars Universe because we're always dealing with the same little chunk of characters in the Star Wars movies so far, right? Yeah. 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 
Well, and there's more. There's now more variety of story within the superhero universe. Yeah. I think we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Where now they're going into the horror genre mm. when, when you look at New Mutants. Mm. I, you know, there, there, there. There's more variety of character. There's more variety of story. And when it comes to Star Wars, I really only care about those central characters. I, and you know, when it goes and spins off into the the multitude of planets and things like that it's just not as not as engaging yeah same. i don't know why it's just not mm-hmm. i'd go see a horror star wars movie well, though. that's that exactly i i am 100 behind that i don't know if you're kidding or not but i i would do that um yeah i would too yeah. yeah yeah uh that's what i was hoping with hoping for when they were starting to do uh rogue one and then this solo movie but it seems like every time they get interesting directors involved they get afraid and then they kick, fire them and hire a safer choice yeah, yeah. here's here's the other pro here's the other problem is that the um space and science in star wars sucks <laughs> That's so, not what it's about. That's not what it's about, though. I understand it's about mystical Jedi's and the Force and all that stuff. No wonder the fucking Han Solo movie didn't do well. It's a fairy tale. It's a fairy tale story, right? Uh, it's it's a it's a it's it's a past fairy tale story. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And it I, it's oh, not really? it's Does not it take like a long time ago. Yeah, no, a galaxy far, far away. But uh, oh, it's it, it's a pe- it's not like Star Trek, which is very tech heavy, mm. or I don't know. I think Star- Doctor, yeah, but Doctor Who. But which is- you take you take the gobbledygook though, even out of Star Wars or Star Trek, and it's gotten more variety of of character uh, that that can sustain it. The 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 human drama and human element of it, and same thing I'll say with the MCU, is more palpable than it is in Star Wars because those people are viewed as deities and gods, and now they're they're myth and legend at this point, as we've seen in the in the in the new ones. Also, there's a very strong foundation that was built through the '60s and I would say early '90s in in uh, at Marvel. Or oh Marvel at Marvel, you know that's right. that's where a lot of these stories are being taken from. That's where a lot of the sure. recognition is coming from. So yeah. there's like that that basis of it that it was right. it was a part of all of our lives. I mean, it was mm-hmm. huge. That that was huge back then. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't want to say too much without indicting myself, but <clears throat> corporations are famous for seeing something that's a success and thinking you can try to rubber stamp the same fucking template onto the next property. And I have seen it firsthand now (laughs) shit the bed in, Mm -hmm. in, in, in the pursuit of shareholder value story crafting and originality go by the wayside for fucking repeatability of profit. Yeah. You want to really, you want to really peek behind the curtain on that stuff. Check out the toys that made us. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that stuff is just, I mean, they're brutally honest about how, like, oh, so we wanted a male act or we wanted a male Barbie. So they just basically took a Ken doll and they put a machine gun in his hand and they gave him a beard and all of a sudden he was G.I. Joe. And yeah. It's just the, all uh, of this the, stuff. It was great. Those are so, I love those. Those They're so good because they're so yeah. honest about it. I only watched the Star Wars one I and I think the He-Man one, but those were good, yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, trans, the Transformer one was fascinating because basically without Marvel, without Jim Shooter, 
and I got, I'm sorry, I forget the, the guy uh, who was under Shooter at the time. Shooter wrote the story of the Transformers. Like, mm-hmm. without that comic book, all you had was a toy that had come over from Japan and sold very well, but there was zero characterization to it. When mm-hmm. Optimus Prime came over, I almost said douche. When Optimus, <laughs> Prime, when Optimus Prime came over, he was called Big, Big Man Truck. <laughs> and Jim Jim Shooter basically had a couple months or like a month to to get all the the story created to get yeah. the characters all named and then to get the comic book out the door because they were going toe to toe with the launch of GoBots. Ah. I mean same same thing with uh Larry Hama with uh GI Joe. Joe. I mean they really they really put a lot of thought and, and authenticity in that stuff. And that's why, I mean, as much as they say, okay, well, these are these are modern movies and everything, it's still hitting that nostalgia button um, that that we all have. I mean, they, they just haven't really done it with the quality with the G.I. Joe stuff. Um, I, I guess they, they're doing it with the budget with the Transformers movies, at least. That's why it's been so big and popular across the world. But... Um, I, but, I, 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 I had this that's... way. I, I, started, I started watching Transformers the first night the other the other day, and I got about halfway through, and I go, I can punch myself in the testicles until I fall asleep or watch the rest of this. Or mm. My testicles were sore. That being said, uh, and I've said this on Gutter Talk, uh, I'm actually surprisingly <laughs> excited for Bumblebee. Stop it! I swear to God, I'm You're not kidding. Part of the problem. <laughs> I, I am. Yeah, you really are. Well, I haven't watched. I haven't watched the Transformers since. Transformers 2. Yeah. Ever since oh, wow. like the super racist uh um Decepticons and like the the wrecking ball testicles, like I was just like I'm fuck fuck this I'm out. I haven't seen a single one. But the trailer for Bumblebee, I thought it hit me in all the, you know, the right places. But it's probably going to suck. That Anthony Hopkins one was the worst. I do I do think I saw the way they transform in this one and it looks like they actually pay attention to like they have a airplane that actually turns into the robot the way it used to transform which well, yeah, is starscream and bumblebee I, look like they have their old forms yeah and that that is what they missed in the first couple of movies mm-hmm. i mean they missed that just that tactile way i mean i could still in my mind i still know how to transform the um the starscream uh jet Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it, there's a specific way of doing it, and yeah. that was like part of yeah. the fun of the toys, you know. Yeah, there's but, no reason to overcomplicate. I hope you, I hope you could. I hope you could do it. It was made for Japanese preschoolers. Hey, all right. right. I'm just there's saying. No, I remember I, that. I have that muscle memory. Um, it's <laughs> same thing with GoBots. I remember. I had so many fucking stupid GoBots. They were so <laughs> because they were cheaper. I like Scooter. Oh, Scooter. Oh, yeah, yeah. All of those little GoBots were fun. There was like GoBot. a little bump. Yeah. There was no transforming a GoBot. You just flipped it over. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. There were a you just looked buttons. at it from the left instead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was all robot now. Yeah. The transformation <laughs> was in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about this week's comic books. Justice League number two. Go ahead. Oh, it's by who's it by Scott Snyder and Jorge Jimenez. I feel like uh, Mark and I had similar thoughts regarding a a, a recent horror film, sci fi film. What did, what did you think? Buddy? Oh yes, me. Um, I think that I I I, I got to hit the too soon button 
for Scott Snyder to have basically um, two flying characters walk <laughs> like a mile through the desert uh, to get to this decaying head, which is surrounded by a bubble. And they're wearing protective suits. They are, like, talking the whole way. It's like, we've crossed into this and all this stuff. Which is almost an exact lift from uh, Annihilation. Annihilation, that's the movie. Which came out, like, four months ago. Yeah. Which most likely Mr. Snyder probably saw in the theaters right around the time when he was writing. He had had his pen and pad out while watching the film, (laughs) writing this Uh, script. Yeah, but also, I mean, and then he went home and he watched um, Inner Space with uh, Dennis Quaid. Inner Space, yes. <laughs> it also boggles my mind that it's like they shrink down two characters and then forget the one character that can shrink down. Like, what, what's the, the Adams just at home, like sitting on the couch, going like, "Motherfuckers, this is my thing. This is what I do." <laughs> Why are you doing this? This is the only thing I do. (laughs) This is literally all I have going for me. And he's got three characters, three characters that are going like subatomic to kind of like uh, go in with these guys. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, And I like this issue a little better than the first one Mm -hmm. uh, because that one was basically them all sitting around at a table taught in John Jones kind of lecturing them. Mm Yeah. and not really a lot happened. It was like way too much exposition for a first issue. This one at least had a little bit more action, but like there were just a lot of things that I just feel like I feel like uh, Scott Snyder is just kind of like rolling with it. Like all of a sudden saying like, yeah, Lex Luthor has all these Lex bots. All of a sudden he's Dr. Doom. Mm-hmm. Um, were there Lex bots in the past? I've never, I've never heard of that. Term. I've never seen them. Yeah. And now all of a sudden there are Lex bots. But so I don't know. But I would, did want to make the point. At least he had the sense of putting protective suits on Superman and John Jones as they walk into this unknown scientific anomaly. Yeah. Rather than rather than having Natalie Portman and all and uh, Jennifer Jason Lee and all those guys walk in with just like basically sleeveless shirts and machine guns and no helmets or protective gear. Yeah. Uh, is just ridiculous in annihilation so he did improve on the movie in that sense (laughs) yeah yeah this was a whole bunch of stuff that we've seen before uh kind of coddled together um it's fine uh i really wanted to be liking this more justice league man this should be like my favorite book coming out from dc this has all of the characters in it i should be digging this the most baby and i just hopefully uh it'll start picking up soon but i just I'm not sure exactly what it is that isn't grabbing me. I think the art is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the. I, I really like the, the idea of the invisible emotional spectrum, ultraviolet. Mm-hmm. So basically, what he's done is he he's added a new lantern of unseen like light. Kind of like the dark universe. <laughs> he's added more. Yeah. To it. <laughs> yeah. But this is the ultraviolet core, uh, and and John um, Stewart has become one of the ultraviolet. Um, so that's kind of a neat idea. I, I'm not mad at that. Yeah, I like the first scene with uh, Lex inside that. Church? The, the, or no, the, like VFW the, post or whatever. American Legion Club or whatever yeah. it is. Uh, yeah, and then he just flicks on a little, tiny little uh, um, bubble helmet, mm-hmm. and then... Uh, explodes everybody but um yeah anyway 
this whole the sigil stuff uh, reminds me a lot of Jonathan Hickman's kind of like really over reliance on those sigil uh, things. Which what are you talking about? Uh, the sigil, you know, it's on the doorknob. Yeah, yeah, the thing that the whatever that marking is that Lex Luthor is yeah. is walking around with. Yeah, but that's on the same doorknob as uh, there are other sigils like going on in in this story too, which mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, like, uh, like I mean, the Justice League has a doorknob that they can go into, and the secret room in the Justice League place, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I don't know. And they were talking about how there's a sigil that means a bunch of different things um, in the anomaly that yeah. head. So they, he's playing with that stuff. I don't know. Yeah, Rob. I'm just letting you two finish. Um, <laughs> Snyder has a propensity I'm finding and we can talk about this later because uh, it's going to relate to Batman for, of over engineering yeah he he's making constructs too fucking complex to find cleverness he is a I, I, I find his strong suit to be in world building but when, <clears throat> when it is his own world and you know I look at like American Vampire American Vampire after a while after he got past sort of the character narrative Skinner Sweet and Pearl it started to get a little over-engineered as well. And I, I just, it still has too much baggage from the clusterfuck of events that have, that have come before it for me to really enjoy this team coming together. And I don't just mean coming together in the sense of, I guess those guys had to be inserted via enema. I don't know how one imbibes a space capsule or inner space capsule, but I, and, yeah, I, and shames, and I hate it because you know I, I just come to realize I have not loved Scott and a lot of incongruity stuff at this point. I like him when he does his own shit. Yeah, no, I I, I have to agree a little bit with that. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I I think that he he seems to like John Stewart as an. And an architect, that's kind of interesting mm-hmm. because he's much more of a, um, you know, square and grounded person, um, a, like, you know, just a straightforward sort of thing. Um, that's architects are usually pretty straightforward since they have to. Yeah. Math. Make grids. Yeah. <laughs> Stay upright. Yeah. Um, I did like the uh, cheetah scene. I like seeing Cheetah go nuts and claw Lex Luthor's face off. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, the, uh, the art in this book is fucking gorgeous. I'm really, yeah, I'm like, really, pretty. I'm starting to really become a big fan of Jorge Jimenez. I think he's just gorgeous. His work. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what it is, man. I can't. I can't properly describe what it is about scott snyder's current work that just isn't grabbing me as much as it was other than maybe i'm having trouble following all of it it seems like a bit too much and um maybe that's my fault maybe i'm just not fucking smart enough which is you know no likely but uh yeah it's just something about the storytelling recently where it just feels like a whole bunch of stuff is going on at once and it's difficult to find the thread to carry me through i felt that way with hickman too yeah. Um, when he was doing the Avengers and he was doing all of those sigil stuff and the mechanics and the perfect team and, the, mm-hmm. you know, there was like the rings of the team that, that were, that he was talking about. It yeah. was just, 
I don't know. When you when you really take it away, when you really whittle it down to parts like that, it's it's not really that interesting mm-hmm. as the magic of when you see the like radio mm-hmm. working. Like a, a radio in parts sitting all around is not really interesting on the floor, mm-hmm. but when it's working, it's like wow, it's like making music and voices are coming out of there. Yeah, that's magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, maybe a little bit too much of how the sausage is uh, put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so wait, um, so Luthor is in the armor, the muscle. How the hell did he get in there? I don't know, man. It was like, oh, it's a surprise, but all right. But how, though? There should be an evil Adam, and he should be the one that they've sent in there. Actually, they should have sent uh, Manta, Black Manta, because it's like a swimming sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, he's swimming through blood. Uh, (laughs) That would have been cool. Like, it would have used – why would he have to have a a Doombot – meeting with these guys if they're all such a big group of people like a big like why are you kidding if i was lex luther i there's no way i would meet with these people unless i was a fucking lex bot god no yeah absolutely well i guess but i mean black mana this could have been like black mana was injected into him somehow through a fight with gorilla grod he was in like one of his claws or or I don't know, whatever. But um, it just, just ways of there, there, there are exciting ways of doing this with that we just completely overlook. Hmm. Um, I liked uh, Sinestro's old suit. Yeah, uh, classic. The purple and yeah, black. Was, yeah, the, or, uh-huh. you know, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I don't know. For some reason, I really like that suit. Except or uh, compared to the old, like the yellow suit he's been running around in, mm-hmm. like his old suit's just kind of. It's funky, <laughs> funky collar. I'm, I'm gonna keep. Pants. I'm gonna keep reading this uh, because it's Justice League, and I hope <laughs> that it'll get better. But I'm only gonna give it like another issue or two before I probably drop off. Yeah, we 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 said that about the first Justice League, and we ended up doing a seven year podcast. <laughs> we did. So well, it was, what that, all that rebirth? Consistently bad. The rebirth yeah. Justice League. I haven't read more than one issue of any of those. Uh, I think we, I hope, I hope to God we've learned by now. All right. So we'll do Justice League three next time. All right, cool. Decided. Uh, Batman number 49 put out by DC by Tom King and Mikkel Janin. This is the second part of best man, or it's the finale of the best man. And it's a pretty amazing fight between, or at least the last issue was a pretty amazing fight between the Joker and Batman in a church. And then they both get blown up. And they're trapped in under all this rubble. And Batman is unconscious through the entirety of this issue. And it's time for Joker and the Catwoman to be hanging out uh, in the same church. And I thought this was f- fucking awesome. Yeah. This felt yeah. a lot like the um, War of Jokes and Riddles. It's all the stuff about Tom King's writing that I like about the War of Jokes and Riddles. Uh, as opposed to the stuff about Suicide Bane and I Am Gotham, which I did not like. Uh, I think he's really maintaining his stride here uh, i also read the last issue before this story which was the gift which was an yeah. amazing story about booster gold trying to give bruce wayne a wedding present which was just it was actually really hilarious and kind of dark really yeah. yeah really dark and hilarious i, I love the the gift and this just continues that it's um it, it, 
I don't know if I really like this type of Joker written by anyone else, but I like this type of Joker written by Tom King. By what do you mean by this type of Joker? Yeah, he's he he's just he's just talking crazy. Hmm. He's not really. I mean, he I guess he's do he did some crazy last issue where he's like, all right, I'm going to take this hostage. I'm going to shoot her at the count of three, one, two, bam. And he shoots her, and he's like, oh, shit, I need another hostage, and everybody else was dead. I mean, that was kind of crazy, but still, he's, like, talking through. He's, like, got, got like, he's babbling, basically. Yeah, that's, yes, that's true. He is babbling. It's sort of stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say, and I, I, I saw him as the sanest he's ever been in these two issues. Huh. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, he's not, like... I, I, I don't know. He's definitely bent. Like he's uh, he's he's crazy in in a in a homicidal sense. Um, and his relationship with Batman is is warped, which is in which is fun. Always fun to see people play with like that. But um, I don't know. He's not as over the top as I've seen him before, which I like here. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. He was more subtle. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I I love the stuff with like they're talking about Harvey Dent and they're talking about like Oswald and, and um, just the fact that these guys were these were were the original like big villains for Batman and so they have a lot of history together. Yeah, the Rogues Gallery. Yeah, you know what I think it is about the Joker. As you guys were talking, I, I, my interpretation about the version of this one is that um, I'm sorry, this version is that he's not doing a lot of hee hee ho ho ha ha's he's not yeah. cracking a lot of jokes and then being i'm all crazy and i'm laughing like a maniac it's, it's mostly mm-hmm. conversational craziness yeah yeah mm-hmm. but which is a lot of fun mm-hmm. um, and I, I like I, that they cover a couple of interesting things like um who, who was it two no not two-faced riddler who you know selena selena uh gets shot the joker shoots selena in the gut and selena winds up slicing the joker's throat so the majority of this issue is them lying on a pile of bricks uh the <laughs> rubble of the church just slowly trying not to die and having a lot of conversations yeah um but there was the one about oh god was it edward nigma and his sideburns and that yeah. he doesn't think that you're really crazy he just thinks you're pretending yeah yeah that was great. Well, I loved it when she said, yeah, I can't take him seriously with those sideburns. I don't know what yeah. he's trying to pull off with that. And the Joker goes, yeah, I know. Yeah. I don't know what he's trying to pull off, but he isn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's I love it that they're they're, uh, and, and, Yeah. The Joker goes, yeah, I don't know what he's trying to pull off, but he's not doing it. And then uh, Joker says, agreed. I love it that they're having fashion, like a fashion conversation yeah. like, while they're doing this stuff. Um and it's it's interesting to see the Joker just have a conversation because usually he is just monologuing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's fun to see him interacting with somebody. And and Selena knows exactly how to interact with him in that way, um, which I don't think any other woman other than even I don't think even our Harley Quinn knows how to act interact with him in this mm-hmm. way. Um, which well, is, she's got no, a history he, with him that Harley never you know she's been around since the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So and he he respects her where Harley he uses. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Very true. Very true. Um yeah, it's uh I do think that 
there's you know he's taking some liberties with the whole like okay you have a cut jugular you're holding it you're cutting off the blood flow to your brain so you know it, it yes i understand you're not bleeding out but the blood is also not flowing through your veins properly mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know so it's like you're still dying um and of course it ends with a um, uh, ending very similar to uh, the Killing Joke. So, do you th- you don't think he's dead, do you? No, no, he just passed but, out. No, yeah, but it's just like you know they tell the joke. She tells the joke that she's been holding through the whole issue, and he stands up to shoot her, and he ble- he faints. Yeah, um, and then I think she might be, but then. Bruce wakes up um, and uh, he's telling her just not to move. We'll make sure. uh, Do you know what the Joker wanted? And all of a sudden she starts laughing, which is very, I mean, it's very similar to when like the Batman starts laughing at the Joker at the very end of the killing joke. I think, Um, I think that was intentional because they even mentioned it in the, in the book. Um, So what am I missing here with this ending? I don't think I 100% grasp this. So Batman um, is from off panel, I guess, struggling to get to his feet. And he says, uh, we'll make it, I swear. I don't know what the Joker wanted, but he didn't get it. And then she's cackling. The Joker, because the Joker got exactly what he wanted. He wanted to give them a wedding present. He wanted to uh, have his own bachelor and bachelorette night, if you will, with them. Oh, I see. Prior to the wedding. He so wanted Batman's to be a part going, of it, yeah. Yeah, Batman's going, he didn't get what he wanted. Ha ha, you dumb fuck, he got exactly what he wanted. Yeah, yeah. okay, thank you. It, it's, thank the you. Same way our, it's the same way our wives laugh at us for far less poignant things on a daily basis. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay you got <laughs> thank it. You. Right. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Just context to yourself. You're yeah. talking about my imaginary real wife, right? Yes. Morgan or Fairchild. <laughs> wow. Welcome back to 1988 references, kids. Jesus. Um, yeah, there are some really, really great art art panels here. I love the big panel of just the scene that wounds both of them. Yeah, just because it's like a very um, almost black and white uh, picture, and then there are three panels highlighting where the action is. There's her claw. There's the gun going off in her gut, and then there's the claw swipe on his neck, mm-hmm. and it just. I mean, just stuff like that. I love that stuff. That you know Ako who does that? Marco. Uh, Marco Andreco. Is that who it is? The guy does uh, like. Um, he did uh, Secret Empire. He did I Vampire. Oh no, that's not Marco Andreco. Martin. What? Who is that? I was gonna say Raphael Albuquerque. No, no. He- no, um, it's not Mark Andreco either. Mark Andreco is the writer. Shit. But um, no, I know Andrea Sorrentino. Andrea Sorrentino. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. an exact yeah. sort of Andrea Sorrentino panel. Yep. And also Akko, the guy that did um, Midnighter, the first couple issues of Midnighter. Remember those really cool action mm-hmm. scenes that they yeah. had there? Um, but it's really just a, a fantastic way of highlighting the action um, all in one panel. Everything happening simultaneously that I really loved, um, and plus all that that big scene with all the bodies lying on the bricks are, is just mm-hmm. awesome too. I mean, that's just and to to make it interesting and intriguing, even though you're they're just they're not moving; they're just lying there talking to each other for mm-hmm. 
a huge portion of this book, um, it really does uh, it really does show like a, a talented artist because um, this could really be just a bunch of boxes of talking heads, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really masterfully done. I think this is one of my favorite Jokers. I think Tom King's Joker, the way he writes him, is some of, one of my favorite. Because um, I really did love that DC Nation Zero where he's waiting in some poor stranger's house for a wedding invitation that's never going to arrive. Yeah. Fucking and, amazing. And I, 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 this is where I was going to go with Scott Snyder earlier in the over-engineering. I, I read this and just the purity, the simplicity of it, the, the way King brings it back to the character basics. I go, yeah. and we, we, the fact that you guys are having this conversation before, this Joker, I, I, I like this version of this Joker. The fact that we had to go through whatever the fuck that clusterfuck was, of, you know, no-face Joker, multi-face Joker, yeah. uh, you know, what a waste of time. I mean, this, this was just so beautifully done. And I've just got one more message. And Marvel, I want you to get your, get your ear close, get close to the microphone. This is how you do a fucking wedding build-up. <laughs> Not that clusterfuck of horseshit that we had to wade through over there. This, I mean, these these four issues were just, they're my favorite of the year. Yeah, so he's killing it. I mean, it's just, it's insane. And yeah. I, I, I just, I, I disagree with the beginning part of the Tom King run. I, I like this better than Snyder's run I, a thousand percent. The first yeah, three I stories. Mean, here's the thing, though. I'm no, no, not a big no. fan of. Uh, well, I, I liked Court of Owls. I thought, and I think he really started out the whole thing with, uh, um, with that. I think that that was, I, I, it was a really good story. The problem is, though, that it feels like, and this happens with a lot of writers. It's just that they, they get sick of writing. They love writing Batman, the title, but they get sick of writing Batman. So they have to they have to kill him off. They have to put him like, you know, they have to change him from top to bottom instead of just like telling telling good stories. It's like we have the whole Gordon run um, here, which I felt was just kind of pointless. I think we Uh, all I think everyone I've talked to has agreed about super heavy that the Gordon Batman thing. Everyone hated that. Yeah. That I've talked to at least. And then it got really convoluted and funky with like the whole Batman through the ages and, and three jokers and, and all of this stuff where it's just like, you know, it made it where it, it, it's just not fun. I mean, I think Dan slot was the only one that was really able to, um, uh, do a, a replacement kind of, uh, character, with with the superior spider-man uh, i think that but i think he had a really compelling uh character to work with i think but well uh, i mean uh bucky cap was pretty dope as well as um it was the nightwing batman you know the grant good. morrison shit yeah i'm talking like modern though i think oh, okay. I, I can um, still consider that modern I but yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> but no, yeah, he, I guess he's, ta- he's talking. He's talking about when they actually write the thing, and the com- the other company does the exact same thing again. Yeah, you know, we're going through right now with the weddings. Yeah, yeah. that's just so crazy. Yeah. And I, I think all of that is spawned by the royal wedding that happened just recently too. Mm-hmm. I think they realized that there's a there's a market to have synergy royal wedding. Yeah, yeah. Cross, synergy! Cross, cross media synergy. Yeah. Cross media synergy. 
to be exact. Um, but yeah. but yeah, I, I really think that I, Tom King has stuck to the character and he's really yeah he did the war of jokes and riddles and so that's in continuity he's focusing on he reminds me of what jeff johns did he focuses on a lot of the bad guy stuff um and just takes advantage of telling stories with these bad guys that you really haven't heard before um so that's that to me that's i would rather have that than than a a a future story a past story uh, you know what you know what alternate version story your comment about Court of Owls made me think about it. And what's really been missing has been some for somebody to write Batman well is to be able to be a mystery writer. Yeah. And, and you're right. They, 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 they write about Batman, but they don't write Batman stories because you have to be somewhat clever and have that twist to them because he is a fucking detective. Yeah. Remember when he was the world's greatest detective? Yeah. yeah. Not really. No, I mean, back in the 80s. Uh, well, same. Yeah. I think. I think also a lot of these new writers get. They might get a little, uh, um, a little hesitant to write these characters because they feel like all the best stories are have already been done with those mm. characters. So they want to make a new character and write that story. Yeah. Uh, which I don't agree with either. So I don't. Think. Well, bottom line, Tom King's killing it. That's yes. it. The end. <laughs> True. All right, speaking of killing it, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man's dead. 801 was the last issue until 802 comes out next month. Uh, this one's written by Dan Slott with Marcos Martin on art. I believe, right? Marcos Martin, did I make that up? Yep. Okay, I was doing that from memory, and I hope I, I got it right. Uh, so, yeah, this is the last issue of Dan Slott's Amazing Spider-Man run that he's been doing since Brand New Day, right? Um, so he's been on it for, gosh... Is it, has it been a decade? It's been 10 years? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, they mentioned it in, at the end. Oh, okay. But uh, I really enjoyed the Red Goblin series, uh, the last story that they did. I thought that was a lot of fun. I think his biggest strengths have been the big crossover events like Spider-Verse and Superior Spider-Man. But I got to say this one particular issue was very sweet. I liked it a lot. Uh, I think it felt like a really good solid one issue of spider-man and uh i think it it wrapped up his run really nicely what did you guys think rob bored oh no i mean yeah it was sweet okay nice okay (laughs) (laughs) look good it required emotion to enjoy yeah (laughs) So it's, it's dead oh. to Robert. I'm sorry. I didn't upload that program before we did it. I'll go back and give it another try. <laughs> oh, shit. Mark, what did you think? Were you bored? Did you, was it? Uh, I, I, I think Dan Slott was really trying to tell a story about why he likes Spider-Man. Um, and I think he succeeded with that. I think it was a, it was a, I'm, I too am not always a fan of these types of like one and done, like kind of, uh, plain clothes how spider-man interacts with the plain clothes people um stories but um that said i do think that um i think they handled the story really well um i really enjoyed the visuals i think that like there were a lot of really good scenes like spider-man basically destroying the front window of that store Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I mean, can't you just come in through the fucking door? Do you have to burst through the giant door, destroy the sign, knock over the bags of chips rack? You know, yeah. it's it's I mean, he totally decimates that store more than just like what was in the register. <laughs> yeah. I always think about that, too, whenever someone does more property damage to like a little bodega shop than what's being yeah. stolen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was all uh, that was all premise behind Marvel's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it's. I mean, I do think it's true that that they, um, you know, they it, that uh, that bodega that got blown up in Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider Man saved the day, but it was in, and he saved the cat and the guy. <laughs> but still, his entire shop was destroyed, yeah. all because Spider Man was playing around with those well, guys. That's how J. John Jameson got away for years, calling him a menace. Yeah, yeah, it's true because yeah. he was just an idiot. But I think that that is, I think that nowadays Spider-Man would just kind of walk in, like, uh, you know, pour himself a, <laughs> pour himself a smoothie mm-hmm. or a, a Slurpee and then, like, kind of just come up behind him, slurping the Slurpee mm-hmm. and say, hey, what's going on? <laughs> and then just kind of, like, jumping into, jumping into action, just having some type of bit before yeah. he does that sort of thing. That would I be, think that'd be pretty funny. Yeah. But, uh, um. I think that that showed how reckless he was, like as a kid, because yeah. this... this is like the week after, you know, right? That uh, week yeah. after he was a a, a, a superstar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that's understandable, I guess. Uh, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's fun. It shows how he came up with the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man sort of thing, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a little cute, cutesy soloism. Like, yeah, solo. right. This is why he's Han Solo. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. anyway, uh, but yeah, I, 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 think this was, this was Dan Slott stepping back, letting Marcos Martin do a really fun looking book. Holy shit, man. Uh, his Steve Ditko style Spider-Man from the first little bit here, the first flashback. God damn it. It's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah it's really good. Uh, and I, I always, one of my favorite things in comic books ever since I was a little boy was the page in a Spider-Man comic where you would see the after effects and the choreography of all the way he, the, he flips around and, yeah. and he does that here. And, um, that just was gorgeous. He's really killed it. It was really great. On the first page though, when he's shooting the, the web spinner yeah. and it's going out and then it goes down for some reason, what, what's going on there? Oh, if you remember, it's from Amazing Fantasy 15. I think he's um, putting out a candle. Oh, is that what that is? Okay. I didn't know what the hell was going on there because it looked like it, it looked like his web shooter goes all the way over and then all of a sudden it goes down, splorts directly down for some reason. No, no, he's, he's putting out like he's showing how what good Amy has and he's just like extinguishing uh, the candle, the flame. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah. No, I, yeah, it does look weird if you don't know what that scene is. But yeah. Um and Rob was bored. All right. Sad sack motherfucker. That's cool. Yup. <laughs> yup, yup. I didn't I didn't get the feels from it though. I mean, I wasn't like, crying. It just felt like a end, nice solid Spidey story. Yeah, at the end uh 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 the editor was writing on the thing and he said did you everybody did everybody pack their hanky while you were reading this uh, yeah only because like, i jerk off only because i jerk off when i read comics yeah uh, he yeah he did uh, it didn't oh, achieve those feels but it definitely was a decent story that yeah 
But it's nice nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why we're doing that. Let's see. We did that one. We did that one. They did that one. Oh, last but not least, X-Men uh, Gold number 30, put out by Marvel by Mark Guggenheim with art by... Gold, da- like gold bands? David Marquez. Oh. Because that's foreshadowing. David Marquez. Oh, is this, is this David Marquez? David Marquez did the art one. He's, by David Marquez! He's using a different art style. Yeah, he is. It's uh, much. It's much looser than we've seen on him from uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. Or I'm sorry, just Spider-Man, right? Yeah. yeah, it's him. So I did not know that there was gonna be a fucking a twisty twist on this joint. I, I didn't realize. I was like, oh, okay, Katya no. and and Piotr are gonna get married. I don't really give a shit. And then Dan Slott had tweeted. Oh, you know, Amazing Spider-Man 801 is out and, and X-Men Gold 30 is out. Make sure that, you know, no one's going to spoil it for you. And I was like, oh, I wonder what that is. So then I flipped through it because I don't care uh, about yeah. spoilers for X-Men Gold. Um, and then I said, oh, shit, there, there was a legitimate spoiler in there. That was uh, – I did not see that coming. And I actually kind of like it. It was a nice little twisty twist. I don't, th- I, I, I don't think it counts, though. Oh. What? Neither, neither one of them are Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rogue's an orphan. She could be Jewish. What does Jewish have to do with it? She was. They were they got married. married by a rabbi. Oh, it doesn't count. Oh, it doesn't count. I it thought you meant works. the spoiler didn't count. In this day and age, when basically it takes five minutes to get a fucking wedding license. Hey guys. Online, hey guys. All, I'm, guys. Saying, all hey. I'm saying is that Gambit is in Dutch with old fucking world. You know, occult, not cultism, but, uh, you know, like Illuminati shit, Louisiana version of it. And yeah, all right, fine. Rogue's adopted. But, you know, I, I don't think either of them, you know, I'm just saying eyes of God thing versus eyes of law. That's all. You guys know that I married somebody, right? Did you? Yeah, I, I officiated uh, a wet, the wedding for two of my friends slash customers. Well, see, yeah, I've done it just I, like I've that. Done it I've done it twice as well. Well, then I could marry them. I marry bottles at the bar. God damn it. What'd you think of the comic book? Rob, you're the X-Men guy. and Well, I guess you used to be the X-Men guy. Now you're like the old grumpy, don't give a shit guy. No, I love Batman this week. Fuck you. Um, But No, I meant about X-Men. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, fuck them because... This the cover was probably the worst thing I've seen since Rob Liefeld went inking and driving. Yeah. Which the, there, was, there was like nineteen covers, I think. No, but the one that looks like it's like they're trying to do like I don't know, like the, almost the Kingdom Come cover. It's the wedding audience where they're all of the same proportion, even though they should be staggered oh, behind one right. another, and and their faces. By Phil just, Noto. I, I yeah. just, they, yeah, they all look like they took forget me nows and I mean, or just fucking <laughs> nice reference. I don't know. Just zoned out of their mind. It's really good shit. That's getting passed around that, that wedding reception. It just, it's ugly. It's they, the, I don't know. It looks terrible. Um, and then, you know, then they, uh, didn't get married and then they didn't get married. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, way to go. Yana. Just screwing everything up. Yeah. No, she wants, she wants, she doesn't want to lose her pure toy. Her big brother. Uh, her big brother. Whoa. I don't know. I I, I think it's okay. I I think that twist was kind of stupid. Just the whole build up and everything. Uh-huh. I do get 
<clears throat> I, I and I actually did get a little bit of the feels at the end with Gambit at Rogue. I, I uh, like the whole twist of Gambit at Rogue. That was having read the first issue of that uh, other Extra. series, um, and then having known those two characters through the years. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. All right. All right. Yes. I got I got mild mild feelsies. Oh, I didn't get any feels. I didn't give a shit. Uh, I thought it was an interesting story wise <laughs> and and comic book wise. I thought it was interesting, but I like I like Kitty Pride and Colossus, and I felt more for their relationship than I did for fucking Rogue and Gambit. Oh God, I hate that couple. They're well. They're actually. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. What, why? <laughs> I don't know. I just don't care. <laughs> Holy He's just fuck. such like a sleazy dude. And oh, I just don't, I don't trust him. <laughs> I, just, I just don't like, him. I don't like Gambit. He's going to break Rogue's heart. You, your heart was broken by a Cajun. I, there's <laughs> deep-seated shit here. This is like bugging fucking ice cream trucks. <laughs> How does Nightcrawler wear pants? He's got a tail. He got, makes a cut. He cuts a hole, right? Yeah, but yeah, then he's right. got his butthole right under his tail. What makes you think his, his butthole is under his tail? Because that's where your butthole. That's where tails. That's what happens in natural anatomy with all animals. It's like the tail covers the butthole. But he's like a so demon he's like, mutant. Maybe he's he doesn't like have a butthole. Bare assed. He's like bare assed, sitting around on chairs and shit. No, he he's a teleporter. So he doesn't than, have a butthole. He just teleports the poop out of his bowels. It, <laughs> it's cleaner. It's cleaner than your fucking butthole, unless you sit on your hand, karate chopped up your anus every time you sit down. At least he's got a tail that he can fucking wrap under, and all of his butt juice will go on on the tail. No, when he's sitting down, yes. Jesus Christ. when a cat sits down or a dog sits down, it's bare oh. ass on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, that's not always. That's what's happening with Nightcrawler because if he cuts a little hole in it, then it's got to be a little bigger than his uh, tail, which means there's some butthole action just all over anywhere with Nightcrawler. He has more cognitive capability than a dog or a cat, and I believe he can tuck that tail under. And again, I go back to where the fuck does your butthole go when you sit down in a house? Yeah, but I don't have a hole in my underwear yeah. or my pants that goes that, that's like cut out specifically for a tail to come out of it. So on it's so, not the tail isn't the tail isn't coming out of his fucking asshole. No, it's, it's coming, coming out above it. So X Men Classified has been revealed to be Mister and Mrs X, the new book written by Kelly Thompson. <laughs> it's about fucking Rogue and Gambit being married. That's like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You guys give a shit. You're going to read Mr. and Mrs. X? I want to know what how they can kiss at uh, the wedding. Oh, yeah, wait. Doesn't she suck the life out of him? Or does she, is that fixed? She's had it where she's had it controlled for periods of time. This could be you know, on again, off again. I don't know. It's happened 42 times now. I lost count. Yeah, I don't what happens that. with Rogue's butthole in this one? Nothing worse than a rogue butthole. Do we have a... <laughs> God damn it. Um, his butthole's gone rogue. <laughs> All right. Do we have anything worthwhile done? to talk wish, about anymore? Or... I wish that's the first time I've ever done? said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think that... I think the coloring makes this issue uh, 
the the coloring kind of ruins this issue a little bit. It's very. I muted. wanted it to be prettier. Yeah, it's very muted. Yeah, it's yeah. it's glommy. Like, like, like our feel, like our feelings about it. Yeah. yeah. No, you guys, I, I mean, you guys I wanted emotions. them to get married. Maybe they should have done a like a double marriage. I always think it's a dick move. Like if someone leaves someone at the altar. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just that's more selfish than anything else. It is. You are yeah. absolutely correct. Yeah, it's super dick move. That was that was brutal. Absolutely, dick, dick move. But I mean, then, but then they're both okay at the end. They're both there watching their other friends get married, and they're just like, "Well, womp womp." Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> we can still have party and eat our cupcakes. Yes, of I love. still get fuck you, right? <laughs> also, Not why is so why is still do sexy time? Why is Wolverine hiding? Do we know? Um, He's up on a rooftop. Right, they're all. T- because they still have three more issues to go with trying to find him. So they don't that would have been a, that would have been the best part for them to say that oh, this yeah. was all this was all a ruse to get Wolverine out of hiding, so mm-hmm. that they could find him. That no, would have been a great still, twist. They're still out there. They've got three more side issues. What God was that? There was like four different series. Yes, of, four uh, four series of four issues. Four still issues. going on. Still going on. Yeah. Oh, and Can't, then. And then after uh, the hunt for Wolverine is over, the return of Wolverine miniseries starts. Hot damn. Oh, good. Fuck you, X-Men. Come on. God damn it. Yeah. I'm all grumpy now. Come back. (laughs) Well, Rogan Gambit. It'll be be interesting now that Disney owns the characters again. No one What happens with the direction of all this. It's like a dog. It's like when you leave. For the, it's like a big production when you come back, and I'm like, I just left to go get something out of my car. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you come back, and the dog's like acting like they hadn't seen you in ages. That's what they're. Yeah, it, that's that's the Marvel marketing department. They're like, oh, Wolverine's gone. Oh, oh, he's coming back. We gotta fucking do a twelve issue maxi series. <laughs> fucking doing. Uh, we gotta let people know. When oh, really Wolverine's all, gone again. Oh, he's really coming all, back. All Let's Mark wants is uh, a mini series about Wolverine's butthole, apparently. Where's yeah. Wolverine's butthole go? Yeah. I'm just saying, it's when Nightcrawler true. sits down, there, You're wrong. there should be a special... He should bring a special pad for that. And the yeah. tail is by his coccyx, okay? So like any other yes. pre-infile tail, that's way above the asshole. I the don't coccyx and the asshole are not that far apart. It's at least a good seven inches. No, mm. it's not. Well, you're a freak. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us on this very special edition of uh, Spoiler Alert. You Why can don't email you write us in and let us know your size, your coccyx. No, don't do that. Hey, um, I want to read the next issue where Wolverine, where, where uh, Kitty Pride and they deal with this. They sit there and they talk and they cry. I don't care. We, ha- we have to read it. Just enjoy it. Um. Email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com or you could go to cultpopgo.com and click on the bright pink banner and leave a voicemail for us just like Ronnie Strike did it. Three yeah. times. Well, twice. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. Oh, twice. oh, also, I have a Johnny Destructo has a Patreon. Go to patreon.com uh, slash Johnny Destructo mm. if you like the Cult Pop podcast and maybe you could support by throwing us a buck or two in the Patreon bucket. Um, yeah. yeah. Also, go to talk to Mark at mlmillerwrites.com. Also, you have a yeah. Patreon, don't you? 
I have a Patreon. It's been it's it's uh, been going. Got it. Got it. Good luck with yours. Good luck with yours, JD. <laughs> I bet those I bet those donators really get a lot of special content, don't they, Buck? They do. I give them content. One well, yeah. pictures of your mom. <laughs> and you can find Rob at robpady.com. Wait, I have to say something. Jesus. I have to say something. Fun I have. Uh, I want to let people know that um, uh, Grave Chances is coming out here in two weeks. Grave Chances 4. The fourth issue, the final issue is coming out. And that'll be two weeks before uh, Cullen Bunn and Boom's Bone Parish, which seems to have basically the same concept as Grave Chances. Oh, Oh, boy. Only four weeks or only like four months later so uh good luck to good luck to colin bunn and Boone studios and bone parish for uh and i just want to say you're fucking welcome <laughs> i hope i hope that that's a pull quote on their on the first issue <laughs> you're fucking just, welcome just Mark saying Miller. that's all i'm just saying. oh shit Oh god damn it! That's amazing. We'll, we'll have to cover that one. Yeah, we will. <laughs> All hey, right. I wasn't the most I wasn't the most depressing thing on the podcast. That's <laughs> right. That's right. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>